at just the right moment and the fullness of time. Into a world of darkness came a light that would shine. An infant hope in a desperate hour, clothed in secrecy, void of power, hunted by a king, sought by the wise, heaven rejoiced, darkness despised. Religion unmasked, hypocrites taken to task. Answers pondered, questions asked. Which is the greatest? Who is my neighbor? How does God favor? Stories with truth, uncommon, uncouth. Forgive and let go, not a tooth for a tooth. Blessed are the meek, turn the other cheek. Law fulfilled, love complete. storm clouds gather blacker than black 30 pieces of silver a stab in the back betrayed denied condemned to die a crowd's lie a mother's cry a son's why the silence a voice can be heard in the beginning was God and God was the word in him was life and that life was the light and to all who received it it gave them the right the right to be children of the day not the night darkness trembles at the sound of that phrase first one day then two days then finally three days life begins to grow evil begins to know a stone begins to roll and light begins to explode in a resurrection glow angels descend every knee bends a savior appears the followers hear words of life not dread why seek the living among the dead for at just the right moment, in the fullness of time, into a world of darkness came a light that still shines. Amen. Come on, church. At all of our campuses, happy Easter. Welcome to New Hope Church. If you're a guest, my name is Benji. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the awesome privilege of serving with a bunch of other amazing pastors and staff members who happen to serve one of the most remarkable, faithful, and loving communities of faith known as New Hope Church. Amen. Come on. So welcome all the campuses. We are one church. Many locations, we want to welcome Thika Town, Kenya, the Columbia Campus, Sanford Campus, Hillsborough Campus, Durham Campus, Coffee House, North Durham, North Raleigh, Garner, and the online campus. We welcome all of you to Easter weekend 2018. Glad you are here. Hey, let me just share with you real quickly where we're going because it's really, really important. Over the next two months, I believe that we are going to do two of the most important, relevant, and powerful message series that we will do the entire year. Maybe that we will do in the next five years. Starting next Sunday, I am going to start a brand new series titled Guardrails. 
titled what? Hey, do you ever notice guardrails when you're riding down the road? Probably not. We don't, we don't notice them, but if you think about it, they're there to save our lives. And if you were to go off the road and there was a guardrail there, you would be very thankful that it was. I'm going to take four weeks and we are going to teach you and teach ourselves how to put guardrails in place so that we guard our lives and we keep our lives out of the ditch as it were. We're going to hit some very tough topics that many Christians struggle with. You struggle with, I struggle with, but God's word is there to give us guidelines and guardrails so that we keep it between the lines, if you will. Amen. Then that's all of April. Then in May, I'm going to do a series titled The Preacher King. The Preacher Who? Preacher King. On Monday, um, over a hundred of us, we're getting into two giant charter buses and we're heading down to Atlanta. We're heading to Memphis. We're heading to Selma, Montgomery, all of the historic places of the great late Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm taking my productions team with me. I'm going to be teaching messages. I'm so fired up. I can't even stand it, guys. I'm going to be standing in the same pulpit that King preached in. And I'm going to be preaching the gospel. We're, come on. We're going <laughs> it's all oh, guys going to be so amazing. We're going to bring all that back and we're doing a three-week series. I don't know if you know this, but this Wednesday, April 4th, is the 50th anniversary of the unfortunate assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King this Wednesday, April 4th. And so his dream is still as pertinent today as it was back then. America still has a long way to go. And they might have killed the dreamer, but they, they cannot kill the dream. Come on now. And we are going to go get this. Very, very excited. Hey, let's jump in today. Let me, let me pray for us real quick. Father, thank you. Thank you for my friends. I ask, oh God, that you would take our minds today, that you would think through them. Lord, that you would take our hearts and fill with them today. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would take my lips and speak through them. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and the people of God said together, amen. So when you think about Easter weekend, it really is about contrast. Life is a lot about contrast, but Easter particularly is about contrast. It's about tension. Stick with me if you just think about it for a moment. Easter weekend is about death versus life. It's about bad versus good. Hate versus love, violence and hatred and murder versus peace, a cross versus an empty tomb, even Christmas versus Easter. If you don't come to church much and you, maybe you're just a C&E kind of person, you come on Christmas and Easter. I, I'm so glad you're here today, but you know what? It, it can get kind of hard to keep it all separate if you know what I mean. I, I was watching Family Feud the other day. Are there any, are there any uh, Steve Harvey fans in the house? I, I love this brother. He's a big personality on TV now. He's got the Steve Harvey show. Uh, he's got Little Big Shots, which my kids and I love to watch that, Little Big Shots. And he's got Family Feud. Now, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of Family Feud. 
And it scarred me because back then the host of Family Feud, come on, do y'all remember what he did? Y'all remember what he did? He would kiss every single woman on the show, like in the lips. How in the world did we accept that back then? But anyway, well, well now Steve Harvey uh, does Family Feud and it is a riot. And uh, the other day he asked, he asked a woman, he said, who would deliver the gifts on Christmas Eve if Santa got sick? It's a good question. I want you to listen to her answer. But more importantly than anything, I want you to watch the expressions on Steve Harvey's face. Check this out. Uh. <laughs> they're magical friends. They're, they're magical friends. Good answer. It's all about contrast, man. It's all about, it's all about trying to manage the tension. And I know of no weekends in the Christian calendar that is more laced with contrast than Easter weekend. I mean, just think about the cross and think about the empty tomb. The cross is all about death versus life. And it looks like death won the day for just a weekend. And then think about the empty tomb. That's all about death and light, or maybe I should say darkness and light, which is the theme for us this week. It's light in the darkness. And we're gonna be talking about exactly how those two interacted together. But if you just think about it, I, I can think of no place more central that is laced with contrast than the cross itself. Jesus Christ, God's one and only son, hung on a cross where the dark powers of this world seem to snuff him out. There he hung. And I don't even know if you are familiar with all of the story. And if you're not, let me just kind of explain that there were two guys. There was one on his right and one on his left. And talking about contrast, one dude looks at Jesus and he starts hurling insults and cursing God, if you will. The other dude looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Luke 23. Do you remember Jesus' response? Jesus said, today, not a year from now, not when I come back, today you will be with me, where church? In paradise. It's all about this unbelievable contrast between light and darkness. Think about what happened on that day. We call it good, right? Good Friday. Remember Good Friday, he hung on a cross. Do you remember what happened when he hung up there that day for those six hours? Particularly, do you remember what happened during those three hours from noon till about three? The Bible says darkness fell all over the land. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 27, starting around verse 45. Or you can use our app. Just go to the app store, download it. Notes are there. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came all over the land. Jesus is on the cross. Death is imminent. And darkness blankets 
shrouds planet earth. Verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was what, church? It was torn. It was torn from top to bottom. By the way, this is the New Testament's way of fulfilling Isaiah 64.1. In Isaiah 64, the prophet would say, Oh God, that you would come down from heaven, that you would tear open the heavens. One translation says, God, that you would rend the heavens, that you would tear them open from top to bottom. And that is exactly what happened on that cross. Now go to the very next chapter. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 1 through 7. The Bible says this. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like, help me out, church, was like what? His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to them, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Now that's a great place for an amen. amen. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Read that next part with me. He has risen from the dead. And going ahead of you into Galilee, there you will see him. Now here's what I know some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, this stuff is weird. This stuff is just weird. Like dead people coming back to life? An angel declaring that he has risen? Some of you haven't been to church in a long time and we are so thrilled that you are here. And listen, if you're sitting there going, this stuff is a little weird, guess what I would say to you? I get it. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I didn't grow up in the church at all. Never heard the message of Jesus Christ. Never learned the good news of the gospel. And when I first became a Christian at the age of 18 in a very, very dark situation, when I first started reading this Bible and I started reading stuff like this, dead people coming to life and, and, and powers and miracles, I started thinking, this stuff is crazy. How in the world? So if you're there, I get it. I, I totally understand. And yet when the gospel came into that dark environment I was in, it was so dark, church. I was, I was in a dingy, talking about a dark place. I was in a jail cell. I was in a jail cell and I started reading the Bible and the light of the gospel came in and penetrated my life, started to illuminate the corridors of that dark jail and the deep, dark corridors of my soul. And I have never been the same since. It might be, come on, it, it might be hard to believe, but that doesn't make it any less true. I was out handing cards out uh, 
And I've been handing a bunch of them out as you've been handing them out. And I was handing a card out to one guy and I, I was having a great time. I mean, I was striking up great conversations, inviting people to church this weekend. And I, I, I finally met my match. <laughs> he, he, he was a sharp, articulate kind of guy and I could tell he was an atheist. And he, he immediately started saying, well, how do you believe that stuff? Do you, do you really believe that dead a dead man could come back to life? And I, I said, well, yes, I absolutely do. And he said, well, that's just scientifically impossible. And you know what I said to him? I said, you're right. It is scientifically impossible. So we're having this thing, it's going down in the grocery store parking lot. It was awesome. <laughs> and and I, didn't, I didn't say what I'm about to say to you. You ever, you ever get in a meeting and then later you wish you had said something? I didn't say it. And so, but I, this is what I wish I had said. I, have wish, I wish I had said, listen, I understand that it is scientifically impossible. In fact, it is scientifically impossible for many things to happen. I wish I had said, I believe it is scientifically impossible that God would create man and woman out of nothing in his image, Genesis 1. I wish I had said, you know, it is scientifically impossible for a man to live in the belly of a fish for three days, Jonah 2. I wish I had said it is scientifically impossible for an ocean to split right down the middle and God's people walk out on dry land, leaving bondage behind them and freedom ahead. I said it is scientifically impossible for a virgin to give birth, hello, to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Luke chapter 2. I said, it is scientifically impossible. I wish I had said, it is scientifically impossible. I'm preaching to the man right now. I mean, I, I've been having conversations with him since I left him. I wish I had said, it is scientifically impossible for that same Jesus to walk on water. John 6. I wish I had said, it is scientifically impossible for a man to hang on a cross and die and three days later be raised to new life. And I wish I had said, even though it is scientifically impossible, that does not mean that the Bible is not true. That simply means, dear sir, God is God and we serve a miracle working God. So sir, if you're watching this, that's what I wish I had said to you. <laughs> That's what Easter's all about. Death overcome by life. Light penetrating into the darkness. That is what Easter is all about. And I don't know if you are keenly aware of the fact, I'm sure you are, you live in the same world that I do. Darkness still shrouds planet Earth. Darkness is still all around and if you just look in the Bible, you realize that Satan is the author of darkness. I don't know if you realize that, and I don't even know if you really believe in it. Maybe you have this idea of a red man with, you know, a pitchfork and two horns. No, 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 no. Satan is real. And that is why you see darkness all over planet Earth. Think about the mass shootings that we've seen lately in schools of all places. Darkness is shrouding planet earth when the bible talks about darkness it talks about people being confused people being blind blind to the truth 
The other meaning of darkness that you see in the Bible is that darkness stands for bad deeds. It stands for evil, like somebody walking into a school and shooting children. It stands for the dark predicament, the human predicament that we find ourselves in. It can be bad mass things like shootings or murders or whatever, but it can also be things like cancer. I've been up close to cancer many, many times. Never had it, thanks be to God, but I've seen it. And I've seen what it can do. It can tear families apart and take lives. And there's darkness out there, but I also want to let you know, guess what? There's darkness up in here. There's darkness in me at times. And guess what? You know it all too well. There's darkness in you. And what I want to point out to you today, and this is key, Satan is the author of darkness and he is deceptive and he will blind you and he will confuse you and he will make things look better than they are. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Why don't we read this one out loud? Eleven fourteen. ready, go. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He's deceptive. He masquerades himself. And he lures you into these things. Satan is sinister. He's deceptive. And his schemes are so luring. Look at what Paul would also say in 2 Corinthians 4.4, the apostle Paul. Maybe you've heard of him. Look at what he says here. You read the last one so well. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Mm. Unable to see what? The glorious light. Light of the good news, of the gospel. And I want to tell you today that that light has a name. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The Old Testament would put it like this in Psalm 27. One, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I Oh, you know the scripture. The Lord is my light and what? Whom shall I fear? And some of you are here today and the truth is if you would just be honest with yourself, you're wrapped up in fear. And the greatest fear that people have today is the fear of dying. Easter comes along and says to those who step out of the darkness and into the light, Easter says, you have no reason to fear. For our God even defeated death. In the New Testament, Jesus would say, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. There is a light in the world, even though it's so dark. And that light has a name. And his name is Jesus. And I wonder today, I wonder today if maybe the day is the day that you would literally step out of darkness into the light of his glorious gospel. I wonder today 
if it is time for you to say, you know what, I've discovered that I still have a lot of darkness up inside of me and I'm gonna step into the light of Easter weekend. Maybe you're here in that cloud of darkness, maybe depression just hovers over you and you just wanna step out from under that cloud. I was in Charleston, South Carolina last weekend for my son's matriculation from a freshman knob to a sophomore at the Citadel. The Citadel is a military college of South Carolina. My son goes there and, and they try to kill you the first year. <laughs> like seriously, you can research it. They try to kill you as a knob. And, um, but we went and we watched him work out for two and a half hours and, and finally he, he, they, they tried to kill him and then they laid a white towel on him. I literally thought he was dead. They, they, they worked him out for two and a half hours, 600 of them, then they laid white towels over him, then they just laid there. The day was kind of chilly, kind of like this spring has been, right? Oh, thank the Lord we're getting some warm spring weather. Can I get an amen, right? Well, well, the day was chilly and I wasn't quite dressed for it and it was cloudy, but every now and then the sun would pop out. But we happened to be under trees a lot during the day. But I would find myself, whenever the sun would pop out, I would find myself trying to step out from under the shade and step into the light, into the heat, into the warmth. Maybe what you need to do this Easter weekend is literally take one step out of the darkness and into the light. It's often been said that there's 1,000 steps to save a person. 1,000 steps in the gospel plan of God. God took 999 of those steps, but he leaves the last one for us to take. And I wanna take just a moment and I, I wanna try to do my best to sketch it out for you. I know some of you are visual learners and, and this will just help you significantly. But when you think about it, you're talking about a contrast. When you think about a contrast, think, just think about us and God, right? There's this, there's this contrast between who God is. I don't know if you feel this way, but when I read the Bible and I look at who God is and I look in the mirror, there is like a big difference, right? So if you would just think about us on one side, here we are, okay? And I know what you're thinking right now, that brother is an artist. <laughs> We're on one side, hey, I might, I might as well be inclusive, right? Let me get, let me get because most of you might think that's a guy. It kind of looks like a guy. Let me, let, me, let, me try to give, let me try to give her maybe a dress or something. Man, that brother can draw. And we're on one, check it, check it out. God is on this side. And, and I don't know what you think, but, but like God is holy and I'm not always holy. And, and this side that we live on in this world, this is the fallen human predicament. So you might sketch this out. There's a place in your teaching notes for you to jot this down. This, this could represent what we've been talking about today, darkness. There's darkness in this world. And it manifests itself in many different ways. I, I think about hate, right? There's lots of hate in this world. And there's, there's violence. Right in the word violence on that dark side. Here's a word that some of us don't like to use, but listen, I'll use it. It's, it's in this world. It's this word evil. There's evil in this world. And, and that's all these things that, that are on this dark side. And we live in this world. You do and I do every single day. And it can get hard. I understand it. 
But you come over here to, to God's side and this is, this is where you see the light. And, and you've got darkness on this side, but you have light on that side. You have hate here. You know, you have love on God's side. You have violence. You have peace on this side. You have evil. Well, I might say we have goodness. And there's all this contrast. There's all this, this tension going on back and forth between the world in which we live and the God that we want to know, the God that we want to serve. And the Bible says that in the fullness of time, and again, that's what Easter weekend is all about. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, on a cross, on a cross, God sent Jesus. And that Jesus paid the sin debt that I couldn't pay. He paid for all of this stuff that when I'm honest with myself, manifests itself in me sometimes, right? And he, he paid the price for that, which enables me and you to cross over. Put that at the top enables you and me to cross over to God and experience salvation, that we can literally cross from darkness to light. Come on, church. We can literally die to hate and live to love. We can literally put down our weapons, embrace love and peace over violence. We can literally embody goodness instead of evil. This is what it means to, to cross over. This is what it means to be saved. This is what it means to be born again. And the verse that comes to my mind, write this at the very bottom, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of, is what? But the gift of God is what? eternal life. So if you think about the wages of sin, this side represents all the sin. This is all the ways in which sin manifests itself. The wages of sin is what? Death. Death, that fear that I talked about earlier. But the gift of God, the gift of God is right here. The gift of God is what? eternal life. John 10, 10, check it out. Abundant life that begins here and now. And I just wonder today if you're here and you might literally want to step out of the darkness into the light. Maybe you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know that darkness is all over your life and you need the light of God to come in and illuminate your heart, soften your heart, take over your mind. Remember, darkness is confusion. Give you clarity, give you a purpose, give you a peace and ultimately guarantee that when your time on earth is done, you will spend eternity with God in a place called heaven and not with the author of darkness, a place called hell under the dominion of Satan himself. 
it's time to cross over. And I want to invite you to do that right now. At all of our campuses, I want to invite you to receive the gift of Easter, the glorious light of the gospel. And I want to invite you to literally just shoot your hands up in the air today if you want to give your life to Christ. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to just lift your hand up. It's your way of symbolically saying, God, I want to cross over from darkness into life. And if you're watching through our online community, there's going to be a way for you to click right there at the bottom of where you're looking on the screen. You can click, I receive the gospel message, the glorious light of the gospel in this moment. And you just click right there because we want to celebrate with you as well. Kingdoms are clashing right now. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light is clashing. Which voice are you going to listen to? I invite you with everything that I have in me. I invite you. I encourage you. I challenge you to step out of darkness and receive the glorious gift of Easter. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Pray with me. All heads bowed, eyes closed at all of our locations. Father God, I wanna thank you for this unbelievable day. Thank you for all that it represents. And if you're here today and you wanna you want to receive the glorious light of the gospel. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to literally step out of darkness and into light. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to shoot your hands up and I'm going to pray for you. One, there is bad news before there is good news. There is darkness on planet earth. And unfortunately, you and I have been born slap dab in the middle of it. Two, God invaded that darkness with his glorious light, penetrating son Jesus Christ, came in and pushed back the darkness. He willingly went to the cross of darkness to die for my sins and your sins. Three, thankfully, he did not stay dead on that cross or even in that grave, but God Almighty raised him to new life so that we can cross over to have new hope in him and him alone. Three, just shoot your hands up. Just raise them up high. Lift them up high. I want to pray for you. At all of our campuses, just raise your hand. Wow. Keep them up high. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you at all the campuses. I want to pray for you online. You just click that button right now so we can celebrate with you. Father, I thank you for all of these hands that are shooting up all over this place today. God, I want to thank you for the hands that are shooting up at the campuses right now. Pray with me right now in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you today. I cross over from darkness into life, into light and I give my life to you. I take that one step that you left for me and I ask you to come in, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Do away with the darkness inside of me, God. 
and help me live into the glorious light of the gospel. Come into my heart today, Lord Jesus. Come into my life to stay. Pray all of this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Hey, maybe you're here and you came to this place today and you were a Christian, but the truth is you know that you need to rededicate your life to God. You know that as I've been talking today, areas of darkness have been illuminated and you know you need to rededicate your life, step out of darkness and literally step into the light. If that's you, I wanna invite you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life back to you. I rededicate my life, my entire being to you and you alone. I come back to the cross. Forgive me, Lord God. I will follow you from this day forward. Father, I thank you for all of my friends here today. Thank you for Easter and what it stands for. We love you today, God. We love you, 1 John 4 says, because you first loved us. We celebrate you today and we pray all of this in Jesus' name and the people of God said together, amen and amen. What do you want? That's right. That's my church. Tell them, let them know how fired up you are.